If you're a guest or new with us this morning, just dropping in, we are certainly glad that you are here and joining us this morning. Uh, we've been talking about our mission the last several weeks, so if you want to know what uh, Danville FBC is about, you are picking a good time to, to drop in, so we're glad that you're here this morning. We've been talking about our mission, and our mission is simple. It's to connect sincere people to sincere faith in Jesus to bring eternal healing to all, to connect sincere people to sincere faith in Jesus, to bring eternal healing to all. Uh, and we want to do that by three common characteristics, three characteristics that we want to display with our life. Uh, that is sincere, service, and sacrifice. We want to be sincere, we want to serve, and we want to sacrifice. Uh, we talked the previous three weeks about being sincere, which is just to be real, and that we needed to do three things, three actions, over and over, repeatedly, in order to be sincere. And those three actions are to be honest, be caring, and be transparent. And we spent quite a bit of time talking about those things, so if you missed any of those, you can go back on the website and find those and listen to those, uh, so we can all be uh, marching to the same beat and uh, on the same sheet of music, so to speak. So, uh, last week we started with service. And that's what we're continuing this week. And service is, is to serve, is to just be useful. Okay, we started talking about that last week. And the three actions that we need to repeatedly do in order uh, to exemplify this characteristic is to be active. That's what we talked about last week. Find something, some way to serve, and get busy doing it. Serve for the Lord, find something, get busy serving, and you will become useful. You will have a purpose, you will have meaning. Uh, in your life. And then today we're going to talk about be transformed and be absolute when it comes to our service. And then the next two weeks we'll talk about sacrifice um, and what our actions are in order to exemplify that characteristic. But today we're talking about absolute service transforms. Absolute service transforms. And we'll be in Colossians 3. So serving is being useful. For something or someone. Okay, service is being useful for someone or something else. And to be useful, to be productive, uh, be meaningful is one of the greatest satisfactions in the world. Uh, like that feeling that you get when you first finish mowing the yard and you look out there and everything is just right. Or when you build something, or you create something, or you cook something, or you make something, it's a wonderful feeling to feel useful, to be useful, and it keeps us going. When we do that in service to others, to one another, uh, it takes on a special meaning and a special effect on us. And it's important to know who we are working for when it comes to that. It's kind of like Ken Galbraith in his autobiography, A Life in Our Times. He illustrates this concept while speaking of Emily Gloria Wilson, his family's housekeeper. And he said, it had been a wearying day and I asked Emily to hold on to telephone calls while I had a nap. Shortly thereafter, the phone rang. Lyndon Johnson was calling from the White House. Get me Ken Galbraith. This is Lyndon Johnson. He is sleeping, Mr. President. He said not to disturb him. Well, wake him up. I want to talk to him. No, Mr. President. I work for him, not for you. When I called the president back after the nap... He could scarcely control his pleasure. He said, tell that woman I want her here in the White House with me. And we're going to dig into Colossians 3 today. And this is a letter 
written by Paul, and surprise, surprise, he is dealing with false teachers and false teachings, a common theme of his letters in the New Testament. Uh, And so Paul begins his letter with two chapters on the gospel, on the supremacy of Jesus, and the need for Christ and Christ alone. And he kind of sums that up in Colossians 1.15. He says, it's a hymn that he has written, and he says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible. Whether the thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have him, all his fullness, dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on heaven or things in earth. And then Paul goes on to say, after giving that description, that I, Paul, have become a servant of it. This message of the gospel, this, this message of Christ, following Jesus, I have become a servant of the gospel, of this message of Christ. Paul says, Christ and Christ alone. Jesus bled and died for our sins, your sins and my sins. He rose back to life to give you and me victory over death forever for faith in him. For this, Paul says, he has become a servant of his, a servant of Jesus. After the first two chapters of theology and doctrine, as Paul often does, he goes into application to these truths. So because of Jesus, live like this. And so he goes on, if you'll join me there in chapter 3 of Colossians, he says, So if you have been raised with the Messiah, seek what is above, where the Messiah is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on what is above, not on what is on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with the Messiah in God. When the Messiah, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So if you have faith in the first two chapters, then first off, get your mind right. If you have this, so if, if you have this faith, if you're following Jesus, then get your mind right. Our life as a follower of Jesus has eternal significance. Things above. We should have our mind on things above. Therefore, because of all this, therefore, in verse 5, therefore put to death what belongs to your worldly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath comes on the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now you must also put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Verse 9, do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, you are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your Creator. In Christ there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. You die to the old things and old ways. And notice the things in this list. There's two little lists there of the old things, the old ways. Notice these things. They are all things that harm human beings and or human relationships. 
And in verse 11, there is no human distinction in Christ. No one is better than another. No ethical or racial distinction, no man-made religious distinction, no geographical distinction, no economic distinction, not even between slave and free. We are all equally valuable because of Jesus. There are distinctions between us, different roles, different responsibilities, but equal value. And because you have put off the old and put on the new, and we are all equal under Jesus, then, therefore, in verse 12, therefore, God's chosen ones, holy and loved, put on heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, accepting one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of the Messiah to which you were also called in one body control your hearts. Be thankful. Let the message about the Messiah dwell richly among you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever, whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. We take off the old and we put on the new. If we don't put on the new after we've taken off the old, it's like we're naked. We are exposed. We are vulnerable to attack, especially by false teachers. Remember, that is Paul's context in which he's writing the people, the church of Colossae. So put on the new clothes. Put on the new self. That's the, the verb that's being, is, is like putting on new clothes. So those new clothes, these are, what do you say, compassion. Compassion is an intense feeling for those suffering or in need and the desire a desire to do something about it. He said, put on kindness, meeting needs through good deeds. He said, put on humility, seeing yourself as God does. Humility is not pretending like you don't matter. Humility is not pretending that you don't have gifts and talents. Humility is not self-deprecation, talking bad about ourselves. Humility is simply seeing ourselves as God sees us, the one who created us and gave us the gifts, talents, and abilities uh, and grace that he has given us, he expects us and wants us to see ourselves that way. Whatever he has given you, see it for what it is, a gift from God, and use it for him. See yourself as God sees you. Don't pretend that you are nothing, but don't pretend that you are better than you are either. And then, four, new things to put on. Gentleness or meekness. Man's favorite, well, man, we love this. We love to be meek. Not really. But we need to. What is meekness? It's not weakness. It's just power under control, refusing to demand your rights for the betterment of someone else. And then five, patience, my absolute favorite. I love to be patient. It's my favorite thing. Patience, the capacity to bear injustice or injury or insult without revenge or retaliation. He said these are the things we should put on. These are the, the clothing, the, the materials that we should put on as our new self to be our new self. And then, not to leave it off, number six is love, selfless care for another. He says, without love, all the other things just become legalistic, more, legalistic moralism. Without love, all these other things are just pieces 
of material. They're just things. But love binds them all together perfectly. It's like the stitching that binds these other uh, things that we should be together. Without love, it's not, it's not unified. So we want to have love and not a checklist to satisfy our ego. Not a checklist of good things that we try to do so we can satisfy our ego, but we truly want to be transformed uh, in service to others um, by having love stitch all that together. So a transformed life should be the trademark of our new life. A transformed life should be the trademark of our new life. Then we see this transformed life of service should let peace reign. It says that in the scriptures. Let peace be the umpire. If you're not sure what to do in a situation, making peace is the deciding factor. It's the umpire. It's the reign. Let it reign. Let peace reign. And then let the word of Christ, the message of the Messiah, live deep within you, deep within our hearts. This message should find a home in us, not a vacation spot. And then it will teach and admonish us in wisdom. Teaching is positive direction in wisdom. Admonish is negative correction in wisdom. So we want to be taught, given positive direction, and we need to admonish or be admonished by God's word, negative correction in wisdom. We need both. And all this will lead to singing songs with grateful hearts and of life, and all of life is to be in honor of Jesus. Everything we do is in honor, is in representation of Jesus. Being transformed by absolute service leads to satisfaction, gratitude, meaning, and purpose. Submitting to the supremacy of Christ will transform our character and revolutionize, excuse me, will transform our character and revolutionize our relationships. Absolute service, submitting to the supremacy of Christ, serving in all, absolute service, everything we do in service to others, as a representative of Jesus, will transform our character and revolutionize our relationships. It's not a list of do's and don'ts, do this and don't do this. It's, it's be, it's become, it's who you are. It's deeper than just morals. Then Paul further applies how to be transformed, how to be a servant of Christ. He gets all up All right, technology at its finest. We've got a backup, though. <laughs> So Paul further uh, explains how to be transformed. He further explains and applies these in more detail. How to be a servant of Christ. And he gets all up in our business and describes the common household of the day. Husbands, love your wives and don't be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in everything. Slaves, obey your human masters in everything. Don't work only while being watched in order to please man, but work wholeheartedly fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically. Apply your slaves with what is right and fair, since you know that you too have a master. Serve your husbands. Husbands, serve your wives. Children, serve your parents. Parents, serve your children. Slaves or employees, serve your boss. Be an example of integrity. Do it all, all, all. Whatever you do, do it for Jesus. Be absolute in your service. And just in case you weren't sure, masters or bosses, you have a boss to serve also, so serve your servants. A transformed life should be the trademark of our new life. And then Paul kind of sums it all up, I think, in verse 24. 
Christ. You serve the Lord Christ. Knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord, you serve the Lord Christ. Why? Absolute service. Absolute Absolute service transforms, but why do you continue to serve? Because everything matters. Everyone matters. Every act of service matters. Eternally, set your mind on things above. He says, why would you do all this? Why would I serve? Why would I submit myself? Why would I be humble? Why would I be kind? Why would I be gentle? Why would I be meek? Why would I do all of these things? Because you know you have an eternal mindset. You know that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. So it's almost a demand, that, that verse 24. So you serve the Lord Christ. Everything you do, you're a representative, an ambassador of Jesus. You do it in his name if you call yourself a follower of Jesus. Therefore, everything you do takes on eternal significance. Everything matters. Every one matters. Every action matters. Put your mind on things above and understand that the most menial task by worldly standards takes on forever significance, eternal significance when it's done in service to others in the name of Jesus because God will reward eternally. He will give an inheritance eternally. He is God the Father, and he will give an inheritance eternally to his children. I don't know what else could bring greater satisfaction to our life. I don't know what else we could do to make our lives matter more than to do what God has called us to do, which is serve others through these other ways, absolutely, in everything that we do, let it transform us into this new being by following Jesus and and living the life that he's called us to live, and knowing that everything and every time with everyone that we serve and do these things and use our talents and abilities and gifts that God's given us every opportunity, that it takes on an eternal significance, that it matters now and forever, everything we do, everything we say, absolute service. We serve in all things. We are useful to others in every possible way that we can. So the question is, how are you serving? And who are you serving? How are you serving and who are you serving? Or are you serving? What type of heart do you have towards what you're doing? Is it self-righteous service? That's not what God's talking about. It's not, he's not talking about service that is for us and makes us look good and makes us sound good and doing whatever we can for the world to reward us. He's not talking about that. He's talking about serving him by serving others through his power for his name's sake. And the difference is the heart behind it. To the outside world, it doesn't look a whole lot different. Over time, it probably will shine through, but in the, in the short term, it really doesn't. But the heart behind it is what God judges. He judges our motives. He judges our attitude. He judges what's on the inside, not what's on the outside. We do that, but God doesn't. So our heart has to be in a heart of service for God, not for ourselves. And this is a continual transformation process that by doing the things on the new clothes that we should put on, the new clothes that we should be putting into our life, the new transformation by being kind, by being gentle, by being patient, by being loving, 
by being the things that God, by being humble, by being these things that God has called us to do, it transforms us into this new person. And it brings on meaning and purpose and satisfaction that is now, but will also last and be rewarded forever. That's how Paul can say to a slave, a a lowly employee in their day, work hard even when no one's looking because God's going to reward you eternally. That's why he can say to the master, to the boss, to the, to the owner of the things, remember that I'm the one in charge and I will reward justly eternally. So don't just get what you can get now in this world, but treat your employees, your slaves, your servants with dignity, with respect. Such a revolutionary concept 2,000 years ago. Now that seems pretty normal to us thanks to the world taking on Jesus' qualities in some respect, that has become the mindset of human beings. But it didn't used to be. When Paul said that for, for slaves to be normal, to be regular human beings, and there's no distinction between them, we can barely grasp the revolutionary concept uh, of that being introduced into society. So absolute service transforms. How are you serving? Who are you serving? Here's the thing. Usually when we talk about service, we just think about church. So the person preaching is supposed to say, hey, you should be in the nursery. Hey, if you, you should be serving in the praise team. Hey, you should be serving in the multimedia team. Hey, you should be, and that's as far as we take service. In my opinion, that should be a foregone conclusion as a follower of Jesus. Serving in our local body shouldn't even be something we have to be asked to do. It should be something that we just naturally do as an outflow of following Jesus. But we should take that mindset of service outside of the church, outside of the church building, and take that same heart to everything we do in life, whether it be husband and wife, father and mother to their children, children to their mother and father, friends, employees, bosses, everything, students, teachers, everything we should do with the heart of a servant to be useful for another for God's sake. Absolute service transforms. We want to be sincere, we want to serve, and we want to sacrifice. In order to serve correctly, we've got to be active, we've got to be transformed, and we've got to be absolute about it. It's not just a sometime thing, and it's not just a somewhere thing. It's an all-the-time thing, everywhere thing, for the proclamation of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the proclamation and honoring of God with our lives, and nothing that we can do will ever bring more significance or purpose or meaning or satisfaction to our earthly lives than living that way, the way God has called us to live. I'm going to pray for us, and then uh, we can go on about our day. We appreciate you being here with us this morning. We appreciate your patience with our technical difficulties, speaking of putting that into practice. And uh, we look forward to joining you uh, again as soon as we can. As soon as things settle down, we will be back in here uh, shaking hands and uh, hugging each other's neck and and, and enjoying fellowship in person. But until then, uh, let's continue to meet as often as we can, uh, as realistically as we can, even in this way. And let's make sure that we are looking for ways to serve others in everything, everywhere, all the time, so that we can... uh, honor and glorify and make God's name more famous 
in this world. We've got more of an opportunity to do that right now than maybe we ever have in our lifetimes. So we love you, and we thank you for joining us this morning. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll be dismissed. God, we come to you this morning. We thank you uh, for your love. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you that you've given us a new way to live, God, that you have transformed us, that we have You've given us the ability to die to sin and to be transformed uh, more into the image of Jesus. And we pray that we would take that opportunity and that responsibility very seriously, God, that we would live uh, in a way that brings uh, a deep satisfaction and uh, a, a, a peace to the yearning that there is um, to, to be someone and to matter in this world, God, that if we would just do it the way you called us to do it, God, that that will happen uh, in ways that we don't even understand and will continue learning and understanding uh, and coming to appreciate for all time, Lord. And we thank you for that this morning. We thank you that uh, you sent Jesus to, to die for our sins. We pray that there's anyone listening this morning, God, that has never placed uh, their trust and belief in action, their, their faith. They've never repented from their old self and turned to you as their Savior, God. We pray that today would be the day of salvation for them, God, and they would continue to live for you from this day forward, God, and that for those of us that have already placed our faith in you, that we would do just the same, God, that we would live for you and experience the abundant life that you've called us to live now and forever. We thank you. We love you. And we pray it all in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. We love you guys. Have a good week.